through some I'm uncomfortable with. I just, you know, I'm a Sicilian. I won't say nothing. <laughs> Welcome to Italy Inside Out. I'm your host, Andrea Aldrich. started this podcast because I am missing Italy and all things Italian and my friends there. And I knew there are other people feeling the same way. But there is a radio program that has been bringing Italy and things Italian to its listeners for several years now. That's the Northwest Italian radio show that is available locally, but also worldwide on the internet. And I am so lucky to have one of the hosts with me today, Tony Lastella. In addition to being a radio show host, Tony is a classically trained singer and an accomplished musician, an all-around great entertainer. And what better name to have for an entertainer than La Stella, the star? Hi, Tony. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Good to see you. You know, in fact, you used to be part of our show. I know when we were first getting going and we uh, we always appreciated your uh all of your input with the travels that you've had throughout Italy, uh, you know? That was fun. I did some of those from Italy at midnight. But so I'm interested in your uh, Italian history. Where did your family come from and what generation Italian-American are you? Oh, well, that depends on which side of the family you look okay. at. So my father's family came over here uh, years and years ago with, with the pilgrims. I mean, like several <laughs> centuries ago. Uh, and on his side, they, uh, they, part of the family there came from um, Great Britain, and for part of the family came from Sicily. And apparently, somewhere around Palermo, but they've been here, like I say, since about the 1600s. So they've been here for so long, trying to find the roots uh, in that region are kind of difficult at this point. Um, but um, interestingly, on my father's side, the Italian Americans. Uh, I had one great great grandfather. How many generations ago? Who literally uh, fought with George Washington, was friends with George, and they and he frequently had dinner with George at, at Mount Vernon. Huh. Uh, another one that fought uh, in the um, Civil War was in Ulysses S. Grant's cabinet of officers. So on that side of the family, we've been here like forever. <laughs> you know. And they st they settled in uh, the um, Pennsylvania area. Oh, okay, that was going to be my next. Upstate question. Pennsylvania, there uh, on the Delaware River. Uh, my mother's family is, came over in 1905, uh, and my great great grandfather—I guess it was my great my great grandfather. My great grandfather uh, had nine kids. He was a famous violinist and conductor uh, in Italy. In fact, I still have his Stradivarius violin in the safe. Um, and he was brought over to New York to conduct. He was he conducted at the Metropolitan Opera. I mean, he conducted some of the greats like Caruso, okay, wow. back in those days. And then uh, they, he was hired to go upstate New York to our family's now hometown, Binghamton, New York, about 200 miles north uh, northwest, where he started the first uh, orchestra and opera company, which are going to this day. 
So wow. music has been in my family on that on my mother's side for many generations. And so how did you get started in music? You're classically trained, so tell us about that. I was trained by Luciano Pavarotti, was one of my teachers. I sang, uh, I started on Broadway when I was about 18, got a few lucky breaks, and then I sang leading tenor roles of the opera in New York, as well as different parts of Europe. Went back to Broadway, you know, when I was older and doing leading roles, wound up in Vegas with my own band, so... <laughs> So how did you get interested in music? When I was uh, a kid in grade school, I think I was uh, in like uh, first grade. Um, you know, right from that point, I was interested. I sang in the school choruses, did the little musical presentations that kids do. and was very interested in all, uh, all of my life uh, in music. I think a lot of it has to do with when you are very young, if you have a parent who um, exposes you to that, okay? So my mother um, would sing to me. I remember had me when I was like, you know, two and three years old, she would sing to me and she would teach me songs and that. And I think that makes a huge um, impression on a child. You know, like we have uh, now, of course, grandkids and we do the same with our grandkids. You know, we sing with them and stuff. Now, whether or not they become musicians, at the very least, it gives them appreciation for it, mm. you know? So uh, that's kind of how I got started. And of course, playing instruments um, in, uh, in the school bands uh, throughout uh, my adolescence until I discovered the guitar, which uh, became the instrument of my choice, which I've been playing now unbelievably close to 50 years. Wow. So, <laughs> But you're not that old, are you? No, 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 of course not. <laughs> uh, my mother sang and my father sang to me and they're both very talented, but it didn't rub off on me. But yes, I have an appreciation. So tell, so. Yeah, but see, I'm there. You have an appreciation because of that. Yeah. yeah. You know. So then you, where did you study then the classical music? Well, so then, you know, interestingly, uh, my folks, uh, moved from the uh, from the East Coast to Snohomish, Washington, hmm. uh, where interestingly I actually went to high school in Snohomish, Washington. Okay, um, which um, was quite a um, I, I don't know if I would say culture change, but certainly a change of scene from you know from where we were at. This is back in the days. Remember, this was like in the um, late sixties, early seventies. I mean, where it was much more rural than it is today. There was no Mill Creek. I remember Mill Creek was a place where my father went duck hunting. Yeah, that was it, right? Um, Bellevue looked like Issaquah. I mean, there was no skyscrapers, nothing. And I think Issaquah like, was a place where two streets met. So it's interesting in the last 50 years, uh, all the uh, that has you know occurred in this area uh, in terms of you know, uh, the, you know making this such a marvelous uh, community. Um, but so interestingly, when I, I went to Snohomish High School, and again, you know, by the luck of the draw, we had a drama teacher there who happened to be a retired Broadway actor also living out here, you know, just so we put on some of these spectacular musicals that, you know, most schools wouldn't even attempt. We also had uh, a couple of, the, I think it was my junior and senior year in high school, the Seattle Opera came out, was doing community operas. 
uh, where they were bringing a couple of opera stars from the their you know, Seattle Opera. They would come to the community and put on the rest of the opera with people in the community and put it on there for the pe- local people to see. So it just like was my happenstance that this occurred, uh, which then led me to a, a voice teacher at Seattle Opera and other work actually at the Opera House uh, in the chorus of Seattle Opera, which ultimately then led me back to New York where I studied with the the um, my teacher from here, his teacher, the Lamonico brothers back there who were uh, they're probably the top teachers in the world. Uh, and then, you know, just I, I just was luck, lucky. I mean, I got into a couple of touring Broadway shows simply as a guy singing in the chorus, you know, with uh, 40 other people in the chorus. And, you know, I thought I, I thought I was living the life of Riley. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun. A lot of work, though. Yeah, it was a lot of work. And then, you know, over the years, um, I was just uh, continue to pursue it. Um, you know, opera is a thing that when you are young, your voice isn't totally mature. So I really would say that I didn't start to do leading roles and stuff till I was probably in my late 30s, early 40s. Uh, because then my voice had matured enough to, to sing uh, leading roles in opera, and then uh, and uh, then ultimately I went back to uh, to Broadway uh, as well and did some leading roles there. Uh, but all through this, of course, because uh, I went to high school in the seventies, um, you know, I, I was a guitar player. I loved rock and roll guitar, but I could never tell any of my friends in opera that I played rock and roll guitar. I'd be totally gauche. They wouldn't speak to me, right? I mean, it, you didn't mix styles in those days. And of course, the opera people had their noses turned very high in the air above anybody else who did any other type of music, especially pop music, right? So I just continued to play rock and roll guitar. And when I uh, retired from Broadway, I, uh, I was doing a Mario Lanza show in Las Vegas that turned into a Sinatra show that ultimately evolved to what I have today, Tony and the Goombas, where we uh, do everything from opera to rock and roll, uh, both Italian and American music. And a lot of the American rock we Italianize, as you probably <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you've been to our shows and we have a good time. Your, sh- it, your know? shows are really great. Very entertaining. But before we, let's talk about that too. But w- before we get into that more, would you tell me what were some of your favorite roles in opera and Broadway that you played? Well, my favorite, you know, so interestingly, some of the stuff that I loved on Broadway um, was back when I was just in the chorus, because those are some of my favorite musicals of all time. Um, and this goes back into the um, the late 70s throughout the uh, mid 80s. Um, I did revivals like of South Pacific. I was in the revival of Hello, Dolly. Um, I was in the revival of The Music Man. Um, so there was a lot of these musicals that I loved. I grew up with this stuff. I just loved the music. So even just being in the chorus, I mean, look, my favorite musical of all time was South Pacific and getting to sing and the chorus of that musical is one of the sailors and there's nothing like a dame. I mean, probably one of the greatest <laughs> chorus songs of all time. Okay. So, it, you know, that, that was a, a lot of fun. I mean, I think I had as much fun then as I did later in life doing leading roles and opera the first leading tenor role that I sang in New York was Rodolfo and La Boheme. Um, and then I sang in the same season, I sang uh, Cabra Dossi in Tosca. 
So the, so Puccini, I kind of got me into it. Then I started to sing in Europe. Um, I did um, Mozart's Magic Flute. I did the Prince, Tamino, and that. That was in Salzburg. Uh, and uh, an interesting story of that. So, you know, the Salzburg has this big music festival and uh each year and i was fortunate i had been cast to sing uh in the magic flute uh the tamino the prince we were uh, where they put us up was uh, amazing so the uh, opera house is in actually in the town of zaltzburg but then we were about 16 miles away on this lake it was um lake atersee as i recall and we stayed there was a countess who was a supporter of the opera who had this huge villa on the lake. So all the people who were doing the leading roles were put up at, at, at this villa. I mean, it's like 28 bedrooms. It's this huge thing, you know. Um, and we would have some of our rehearsals sometimes downstairs. They had a big music room there. And this was the lake where they filmed Sound of Music. So you could actually, if you looked across the lake, you could see the, 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 the setting there that they had used to film the uh, trap family that in the movie okay that yeah, i mean that's where they yeah. i don't know if that's not where the real yeah. trap family came from but that's where they did so um but anyway so i was doing i was hired to do uh tamino which is a uh because i have a heavier tenor voice and i was a little older at the time i was probably around 40 um and i had sung years earlier in college i had sung fernando and cosi fantute another mozart opera um, but it's a much lighter role. I haven't hadn't done it for, at that point for like 20 years. Um, and I remember we had this fantastic tenor who had just graduated college from Austin, Texas. Okay. Great kid. I can't remember his name. Fantastic. Well, sound like a young Pavarotti. He had like high, high C's all day long. Right. But so we got into the first performance of, um, uh, of, uh, Cozy Fantuti, he was singing the, the tenor part of that. And, and I've only seen this now twice in my life. He, he was one, I saw it one other time. He got so nervous in front of that big audience that he came down with hysterical laryngitis. Oh, no. And I, you know, and people talk about it literally where he was so nervous, his voice wouldn't work. He couldn't, couldn't get any notes out. And so I remember the next morning, the uh the, the the general manager of the opera company they saw on my resume i had sung fernando and i said that they were the one they drafted me i had to sing the rest of i was singing my my role in the and the magic flute and i had to sing the rest of his roles in cozy and i said my god i haven't sung this like for like 20 years and like my voice was higher than him so but you know we, we pulled it off i i, I think of the first performance i wanted i had it going with the score because i was like the only tenor they had who could do it but you know how many performances did you have to do that for well i remember let me see here we had probably there was probably about four or five performances of that opera that I had to sing that in, you know. Um, and I mean, you know, as it, 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 it got easier as well. And then interestingly, that opera, the arias are not the hard part. The arias um, are fairly easy that the tenor has, but the ensemble stuff is very, very high. There's a lot of, uh, there's a book actually, a book, and I can't remember the name of it right now, but what, what I had it years ago. That that was on uh, all of the things that happened in opera, like all of the backstage mess ups and stuff. You know, they happened. It was hilarious. I mean, that like my my I think one of my favorite things, and these were all true stories. All that book was there was one thing: the opera Tosca at the end of the opera, where the soprano hurls herself 
over, you know, the from the the top of the tower. Well, normally they do. They hurl herself. You don't see she goes off stage. There's usually a big mattress or a net or something there. And this one opera house, they made the mistake of using a trampoline. And operatic sopranos, being what they are, are typically not uh, what you call small people. Okay, and I guess she jumps over, and she kept coming back up about six times. You know, so, stuff like that, and that stuff all happens. That's hilarious. Then from opera, you, I guess, embraced your first love or your second love. Well, yeah. So I always, uh, um, well, my first love was probably musicals. So I had the opportunity um, to do the leading role and a brand new musical on the life of Mario Lanza uh, called Salute to Mario Lanza, which I toured all around the world with for about seven or eight years. Um, interestingly, I did one of the first performances of it here in, uh, in Seattle. We did a special show at Festi Italiana um, back probably 95, 96, right in that time period there. And we travel all over the world. We did about a thousand performances in North America, South America, and Europe. Um, and from there, I wound up in Las Vegas. We did our last set of performances at the Flamingo. Well, we did it at the Sahara, and then we did the Flamingo in Las Vegas. Um, and um, I had really been getting more into wanting to get back into pop music, which I, I've always loved. So I kind of started this whole thing with uh, almost like a Sergio Franchi thing. You know, I remember Sergio Franchi would sing like a lot of the Sinatra songs, but then throwing big high notes at the end type of thing. So I started that thing and that was a lot of fun, but I still missed the fact that I wanted to play the guitar more. And so that show kind of evolved to what we're doing today. Uh, which is Tony and the Goombas, um, Sinatra to the Stones, Italian style, where basically we take a little classical music, we take some Italian music, and we take American rock and roll, and we make a big Italian show out of all of it and go back and forth uh, using both legitimate operatic vo vocals as well as pop vocals and legitimate uh, classical instrumentation as well as rock. So... I, I wish I had done this. I had a girlfriend, I remember, and I was 21 years old, who suggested this to me at the time, and I blew her off. But I should have been doing this all my life, because this is really what I'm, I'm having fun with, I feel like, you know, is my true calling, you know, so. Your shows are great. I have to tell everyone if they get a chance to see them, to, ple to, to please enjoy it. And um, I want to know how you got involved in the Northwest Italian radio show. Well, that's interesting because um, my friend David Madrid, of course, uh, started the program about five and a half years ago. In fact, it'll be six years on, I think, March 9th, that, this coming uh, March 9th, that we will have had the show. So David had started the show, uh, and he had been doing it for a couple of months before I got involved with it, okay? I didn't even know the show existed. And I had gone, uh, I've been a member of the uh, Italian club in Seattle for uh, quite a few years. And I was attending a, attending a meeting, it was like, I think in May. And David came to the meeting, of course, you know, David is uh, not, not the definition of shy, okay? He's very, very outgoing, very dramatic, and he's quite a showman, um, a great MC. So he was there 
you know, pitching the show. He had some time to speak. And I thought, oh, this is kind of cool. So I remember I, I went up to him. I said, hey, you know, you got anybody doing your music? I just figured, you know, um, I'll. Yeah, and so now he, he, he didn't have anybody doing his music. So I my first involvement was, uh, you know, just to be on the show with him. And then I would put together the musical selections, okay? Um, and then it kind of evolved a little bit more that I became like his Ed McMahon. He was like you know, Johnny Carson, and I was like Ed McMahon, okay? And that worked out well for us. We had a great uh, dy dy uh, dynamic uh, thing going on between the two of us, a lot of fun. We always wanted to have, though, the authenticity of having someone from Italy, because we're both Italian-American boys, okay? So we had looked for several different uh, females, because uh, we want like the, the an Italian girl type of thing. Um, and then, of course, we found Marzia, who was just perfect. She, uh, of, of all the ones we had kind of tried out, she fit our personality as well. Um, and then the show just kept evolving, evolving. David ultimately uh, got uh, kind of burned out doing it. Plus, his real estate career took off. So then Marcy and I continued it in his absence, although he still, uh, you know, comes out a couple times here, does some shows with us. And we have a lot of fun with it all, you know. So, so tell the listeners exactly where, when they can hear this show. So we broadcast a new show. This is the West Coast Italian Radio Network bringing you the Italian radio show. We broadcast every Monday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific time, a new show. Um, and um, generally, it, it, well, if, if you're here in the greater Puget Sound area, you can hear us on 1150 a.m., which is KKNW. Um, however, we also stream the show live while we're doing it. So if you go to our website, you just have to remember the acronym for West Coast Italian Radio, WCIR dot biz um you can stream the show live from anywhere in the world uh, and we also at, when we're done with the show every monday we put the new show in the archive so you can listen 24 7 to all of our shows from the last five and a half years uh and we've had some great shows like a week ago we had stallone on we've had i mean we have everybody from you know um the local guy like uh, Paul Valponi is going to be on here in a week or so where we're talking about the holiday meets to like, you know, world famous people. So we just try to make it interesting, have people and guests that are, you know, uh, have a story to tell um, and, you know, where we have fun. Yeah, it's it's a great show. It's really fun to listen to, especially if you have any connection with Italian things, but not necessarily. You had Zucchero on one time when, yeah, I, when I was, was there. Yeah, guest. yeah, it was great. Uh, you know, we have had... We've had like Dean Martin's daughter. We've had Louis Prima's son. Um, we've had a lot of people from Italy who are well-known entertainers. If you are like, you know, uh, a first-generation Italian that a lot of Italian-Americans might not recognize. Um, as well as, you know, we've had some great, obviously, Italian-American actors. Uh, one of my favorites was Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi, when you have him on your show, he doesn't want to talk at all about music. He wants to talk about cooking. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, so apparently, he and his dad do when they when they go on TV shows. He brings his dad and they cook on the TV show. Yeah. <laughs> but no, Bon Bon Jovi, what a great human being. Okay, he has raised over a million dollars. He built that veteran um, home for you know. Um, homeless veterans in Washington, D.C. I guess he's building another one. Great guy, you know. Stallone, he was a great guy. Stallone's such a smart guy, which you don't 
realize till you start talking with him because he has the speech impediment, you know, but he's a very, very smart guy. And we were very impressed with him. Great, great personality. Um, yeah. So it's been a blast. You know, we've had a good time. So you know? is your favorite part of the show uh, interviewing the guests then, would you say? You know, uh, it varies. I, sometimes, like uh, yesterday, we did we do our whole Halloween show. It just depends. Each week, there's kind of something that stands out. Sometimes it's a guest. Sometimes we find something that's totally bizarre uh, in the news, which is not hard when you're looking for Italian news. A lot of the times, as I say, the fiction is more colorful than the facts are. Um, you know, sometimes it's, it'll be music. So it really varies. Um from show to show. Uh, yeah, we try to make it not too serious. Yeah, we sometimes get into topics like the Columbus, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know debate. Um, but, you know, we try to keep it pretty light uh, and re remind people it's entertainment. So sometimes, you know, we make up stuff, but it's, you know, like kind of like Saturday night, Saturday night Live Italian style. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, well, I'm going to put all the information in the show notes about how to listen to the show and your contact information. And what are you doing great. with your singing career right now? Are you able to perform anywhere? Well, of course, right now, the biggest problem is with COVID, uh, you know, there's no live entertainment in any place in the world. You know, uh, one of the points that Stallone made uh, on the show last week. He said, look, he says, you know, this is, he says, this is a wake up call for all of us. I don't care. He said, if you are famous or you're not famous for every single performer, it's a wake up call because, you know, none of us are able to do anything. And now, and we're looking for forward to having the second chance, the second chance of getting out there, you know, and boy, when this comes, everybody's going to be bringing their best game, you know? Uh, and you're going to see, uh, you know, I, I think you're going to see a lot of even famous entertainers that are going to become much more accessible to the public, uh, you know, where people can get their tickets without paying a small fortune and stuff, because people really understand now it's not just about making money. It's about sharing your gifts. And, you know, and God bless, you know, the, uh, the technology. We can do all this stuff online. We can do concerts, we can do videos, we can do, but it's, it's not the same if you're a live entertainer and you're used to performing live, it's just not the same. You know, I, I could tell you. So my request would be for you to sing a little something right now. If it's not exactly live, it'll be recorded, but what do you think? Well, I, I can do that. If you hit your pause, let me grab a guitar. Yeah, I know. I know that you're on a time uh, crunch here, but just anything you could give give us that would be great. Let me just tune this quickly. So uh, we'll do uh, a traditional song. This is a song that I sing in most of my shows uh, from Napoli. Okay, so a lot of the immigrants that we have in this country came from southern Italy. A lot of them sailed out of the Bay of Napoli. Uh, so this is a song called Santa Lucia. And this song is about uh, the immigrants dreaming of going home and the ship that will carry them back into the Bay of Napoli, which, you know, in, in Italy, all the boats there are typically named after a saint, 
okay, or the Blessed Mother. So this is Santa Lucia, Saint Lucy. L'astro argento, flascido all'oinda, prospo il vento. Venite la cidea, barchetta mia, santa Lucia, santa Lucia, venite la cidea, barchetta mia, santa Lucia, santa Lucia. That's the best finale I've had on any episode. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, thank you very, very much. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Really appreciate it. It was uh, so much fun. Repay the favor and have you come back on our show. Oh, sometimes. I'd love to do that. It's always been fun. Yeah, so we'll set that up. And uh, God bless. Send me the link and I'll let all my friends know. Okay. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for this episode of Italy Inside Out. This podcast is sponsored by Travel in Italia, leading small group tours on the mainland and islands of Italy. You can find more information at www.travelinitalia.com. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe to this podcast. And until next time, arrivederci.